streets down from Rodeo? It's like Rodeo. Uh, which one is it? I always forget. There's Rodeo. It's a you couple blocks from Rodeo. You know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's just like Rodeo, Barrio. It's parallel. Yeah, it's parallel. You see it all the time, and I know the name. I can't even think of it. Um, uh, it'll we'll figure it out. We'll, it'll figure it out on the, <laughs> an hour and a half back. <laughs> all right, we got Darren Prince back in again. Thank you for coming back. Aiming high, best-selling book. We have a new book out, which we'll get to, and name up and everything else. And 14 years sober and clean. Thank you again for coming back, and really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I told you, I'm a man of my word. You are, and you actually said just the right about this time too. Yeah. So tell me about this Baja earplant thing that we were talking about before we came on, because that's really interesting how they did it and so on. So I, I lost my hearing at about 25 years old. Doctors don't know if it was a mix of excessive opiate use or, or steroids, just obviously abusing myself. And um, for 27 years of my life, it, it's affected me. It got to the point where I think it was more the people around me got more agitated by the fact that I didn't have to sit with my right ear facing them, or I'd say what, two, three, four, or five times, because I legitimately wasn't hearing them. I uh, bought multiple hearing aids over the years. They were like quick fixes, like almost like a Band-Aid. And um, Nikki C., who's one of my business partners back in Beverly Hills, uh, Lou Ferrigno was at his house one day, and Lou got this cochlear Baja, and I was like, Nick, I've tried everything. It's not gonna work. He was born deaf. The cochlear implant, I've looked into it before you have to be born deaf. He goes, no, he goes, bro, because this one's different. So I looked up a doctor in Beverly Hills, got uh, checked out in his office. He gave me, like, this little device to put in my mouth and was talking through a transmitter. I heard everything on the left side. He goes, be, you'd be perfectly qualified. This is how it gets done. You have to go in the hospital. A couple-hour procedure. We basically drill into the ear bone, and we put the transmitter in there. And then after it heals for about three months, you'll put this little device on. And it's got an app where it's almost like your new earbud, and you can control the volume because it'll never be perfect, but I can guarantee at least a 50% improvement. And, um, you know, my sobriety was challenged. I was just telling you before, but I think the key is when you go into something like that, to be honest, and to understand there's a huge difference between drug use and drug abuse because we could justify bullshit. All day long. All day long day. to ourselves. The doctor said it's okay. I'm in pain. I don't feel good. And um, and in the back of your head, you know, you're and, and, like, and just like, it's like that, a free card, right? It's yeah. Like a get and out of jail, uh, get out of jail free card in Monopoly. Hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, we could lie to everybody else, but we can't lie to ourselves. And um, you know, the good thing about recovery is we get a conscience. The bad thing is we get a conscience. And um, so. I, I had to, you know, stay close to my network of spiritual brothers and sisters and, you know, my girlfriend, my girls that work for me and everyone in the office. The the doctor gave me um, Tylenol with coating for a couple of days because I just told him I can't take Percocets or Oxys or Vicodins and I really didn't do anything outside of, you know, if they get you constipated, they mess up your stomach. And so I asked him about, you know, what about THC? Because, you know, you can get a load grow your vape. Uh, and, and, and try that. He goes, I think that, that that'll help. And, and, and trust me, I pus oozing, infection, constant infections. I had it going twice a week to get it drained. It was real pain. And uh, as I told you earlier, I'm, you know, I'm in touch with my sponsor, Steve Delaval, my biggest spiritual big brother. And after three, four days, I started waking up and I'm like, the pain isn't that bad. I think I might be okay. And uh, Tylenol, Advil, but you know, that brain 
you know, that it says that head, that right? that horse is out of the barn, man. And, and, and you know, I know, you know, my foundation and staying close in the Zoom meetings or whatever I need to do, working with others in recovery. I know that 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 when it comes out, all hell's coming with them. And there's probably that fifth day, and, you know, I probably went a day or two more than I should have. I probably could have sucked up the pain and the oozing and the infection, but it was that on a Saturday morning, and uh, I took a little puff and, you know, dabbed it, cleaned the gauze, everything that was going on there, and uh, it's almost like I had another moment of clarity because I'm sitting there lying in bed feeling sorry for myself. Man, this sucks. I can't believe how long it's going to take to heal. I I might have to be taking this vape for another week or two. All the justified bullshit. And then I start flashing back into like the last 14, 15 years of my life, losing my dad and how I got through all that. And, you know, uh, everybody that works for me in California, the clients, you know, how great the business is, how many people I've been helping with this gift of recovery. Uh, you know, my girlfriend, Nicolette, the good people in my life that always want the best for me and support me and cheer for me. And it was almost like I heard a voice. Yeah, you dumb fuck. It's because you're sober. And it was almost like that moment on July 2nd, 2008. It was like I rose out of bed. I had the vape in the bathroom. I got it. Right across the hallway from me is a trash chute. And down the chute it went. And uh, it was just incredible to have that because I tell that story because if you don't have a foundation, if you don't have a connection when we go through these challenges in life... um, you ain't gonna win. You're done for. You ain't gonna win. Well, think how many people we know that have been going 30, 40 years sober. And then all you're like, 40 years he went sober. What happened? Yep. And in my experience, people that I know, nine times out of 10 is from a dental procedure, some yep. type of surgery. Yep. And like you said, oh, the doctor said it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I can take it. And then boom. You're, 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 you're off to the races. And, and like I said, I, I mean, I, I got into that place of justification. It's okay. You know, I spoke to Brandon Novak, my spiritual brother from Jackass. I was in touch with a lot of <laughs> people. And um, you just have to be. I mean, like I said, we can, we can lie to the whole world, but we can't lie to ourselves. And when you truly live and breathe the recovery, um, I'm sitting here, you know, watching like talk shows and doing uh, 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 the last minute edits on this book, this new book, and I'm literally <laughs> in a state of like, I'm, 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 I'm high, you know, from this vape and I'm trying to do work. And look, we all know how we get, we're in that mindset. Everything's amazing, you're on top of the world. And to have that foundation where I was able to finally catch myself probably a little bit late, um, yeah, it was incredible. Well, even Nicolette, didn't she tell you to get off your ass? She That's told it. you were sitting around. That's you even it. texted me and you said my girl told me to get off my ass and sitting around too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was just amazing to, 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 to have that because I could have gone another week or two. I but mean, maybe you needed that, you know, because you're you're right at the 14-year mark clean. Maybe you needed that wake-up call. Like, look, buddy, you're not invincible. You know, I, and I never thought I did. I mean, it's the big book says uh, self-confidence and recovery is a liability. But Steve Delavelle, you know, my sponsor said from day one, he goes, as you put time together, I'm just going to tell you right now, years 10 to 15 are the most dangerous. Years 10 to 15 mm-hmm. for people with time are the number one percentage of relapsers. And I said, why is that? He goes, complacency. People forget the beautiful things the fellowship gave them keeping them to come back to the fellowship 
Uh, I've been struggling with in-person meetings like a lot of people. I love Zoom. The convenience of sitting at it's home. It's just convenient, right? Um, you know, I'm just trying to get back into them at home. You know, every time I go to an in-person one, I love it. It's like I, I leave just freaking, uh, you know, everything in my pores. I'm on top of the world. And it's like, well, why don't I do it the next day and the next day? Because I knew what gave me this foundation. Um, but I think a lot of people were challenged. Uh, not, pe- not, not those that came into recovery through Zoom, but I think a lot of people that had time you got kind of comfortable with sitting in your office in your bedroom on the couch, putting on the iPhone, putting on a tripod and having that meeting. And, and I think that's also why I, I probably let my guard down a little bit because I lost that connection um, where we talk about the opposite of addiction is connection. And for me, I live and breathe recovery. I need to be physically in front of somebody. That's you and I couldn't say. do this interview through Zoom. Zoom. Ain't going to mean anything. It's terrible. It's terrible. You know? Because you could sit there and you could put on a straight face all you want. And for something like this, it's it's just terrible. No. There's no in-person. No. There, there's no, I could see you, you could see me. Exactly. You know, and in the, in the recovery, your sponsor probably wants to see your ass. Yep. You know what I mean? Not on a Zoom. Yep. You know, it's not like you can't get there. Yep. You know, so... Yep. But at least you had the self-discipline to know, hey, I need to call him. I, I like I said, I'm, had he not I, I, I'm, I'm so accountable in my behavior and my actions that I know when I'm off. And I think a lot of time, anything in my life, when I'm off emotionally in business, my personal life, family stuff, whatever it might be that's going on, it's because I'm not connected. It's because I'm not dialed into the fellowship. Because when I'm dialed into the fellowship, and, and I know, uh, you know, the twelve step. Um, support group is in, in my my heart and my soul. I, I, I'm bulletproof. I, I I know it, but it's just still like I said. I could have a great three four days of it, <laughs> and that I'm just like everybody else. I forgot what gave me this beautiful life, and you know I'm human. I'm too focused on helping get other people sober or business or you know drama with my family or my friends when. At the end of the day, it's a selfless, it's a selfish program because we want to be selfless. And if you don't put yourself first, just like they say with the oxygen mask on the plane, you know, you're not good to anybody. You're not. Mm-hmm. What's funny and amazing is you have all you've had, had all this success from the cards to the autographs to Prince Marketing to now the speaking to the books and with all the success and the brilliance you have in business, you also got dealt a shitty hand of cards you know the hearing at 25 yep i mean at 25 and you're building an empire yep. you know and then drug use within that and that was i'm sure we already know that was a blast to go through for yep. years and years and years yep. and you still made it nice. this podcast is brought to you by monster energy tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet monster energy It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy.
This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels have dropped substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Think about how old your father was when he was born. For example, if he was 30, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his. Low testosterone levels can have all type of health effects on men. It can affect your mood, sex drive, memory, muscle mass loss, you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash mscsmedia and get 25% off your test using the code mscsmedia. The link is in the description at the top. Still you made know? it. I mean, look, a lot a of it, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. You know, I think a lot of it was self-inflicted, you know. I mean, I, I was somebody that was very cross-addicted, uh, as I talk about in the book. It wasn't just, you know, drugs, alcohol, gambling, the woman thing, the, the, I, I mean, the, the, the overspending, the, the validation addiction, steroids. I mean, it was just every which way possible that could affect me from the neck up to, you know, to, to validate, you know. The, who I really wanted to be. Right. You know? And if somebody missed the last one, we'll just briefly go through it. Can you pull up uh, Prince's marketing website and the services? I didn't realize how much services you do. Do you guys focus on that a lot? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I mean everybody I, knows you got every celebrity in the freaking Yeah, planet. Larry just did something today with my guy Eric in Indiana. We got a big event with Hulk on uh, next Wednesday in Tampa, a mastermind event. Um, we got a busy weekend with Chevy Chase and Jerry West and Charlie Sheen. I spoke to Charlie today. Yeah, it's man, we're we're blessed. It's it's nonstop. I, t- I think I told you last time I was here. The biggest problem is our clients saying yes to deals. Yeah, you know, people look at the rush like, oh my God, is it? No, it's not uh, 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 as smooth sailing as you think. Right, it's we not, have our uh, struggles too as a right. business owner when you're dealing with the wealthiest of the wealthiest, and we're only paid off the deals they say yes on. Very right. frustrating, and you can't ever make it about us. You really have to respect their decision. Otherwise, they're gone. Uh, right? And they say no. Guess what? We're the shit out of luck. Nothing we could do. You got to move on to the next deal. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, they say yes. I can only imagine that people see. Oh, I can get Pete Rose. Let me click. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you understand that maybe Pete Rose was a little bit older, but he's not coming for uh, no a plane he ticket. Say, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing something. And he's going to check you out too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, go to services. Yep. So, uh, Darren, take me through a little bit of what you guys do with the services because we so, didn't touch on it much last time. So, you know, we do everything from intellectual property licensing deals, book deals, um, you know, television, com- uh, national commercials, product endorsements, um, keynote speeches. We just started working with David Goggins, who's very cool. Guy. You know, number one in the world right now. We yeah. booked him uh, with my guy Marcus Barney. Um, they had a Circle of CEO conference in Atlanta uh, about a week and a half ago, and um, that that that's a entrepreneurial type of program. These mastermind conferences. Uh, my boy Dan Fleischman is huge with them. They grow build, scale, and teach you how to eventually sell your company. And it's a room of you know, typically a few hundred or a few thousand serial entrepreneurs looking to get motivated by 
you know, some sort of you know global iconic celebrity or somebody that's gone through their own hell and come out of the other side. Uh, we have one next Wednesday, next Tuesday in San Diego that we booked uh, from like a Roland Frazier with uh, Lisa Vanderpump. Oh, so wow. obviously one of the most successful yeah. housewives. Yeah. And, um, we just talking yeah, about you know, so it's, it's nice that, you know, these conferences were never around when I started in the business 25, 26, 27 years ago. And, you know, that these young, successful and middle-aged entrepreneurs have the ability to, you know, get a membership, network amongst each other for two, three days. And I guess the whole formula is when you put a group of successful people in a room of successful people, more business gets done. Reminds me kind of like Dan Pena. Yeah. He'll beat you down to death, and you think he's being a jerk, but he's not. No. He's just getting all of it out of you so yep. that he can rebuild you. Exactly. And he does. He calls. My friend went there, yep. and he, he calls every day. What are you doing? What would you yep. do? Yep. And that's why they call him the billionaire. I think he's a trillionaire man now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at 14, you start with the cards, right? Yeah. And you go to your dad and you tell your dad you need um, insurance. Insurance. And, and your dad goes, insurance for what? And mm. you go cards. Yeah. And I, I thought this was so funny that at that age, you go, I need eight or nine. Yeah. You know, not, and he's not talking about dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And your dad gives you a G. I, yeah. You know, now, how 14 are you talking eight, nine? Yeah. And, you know, talking in hundreds is in eight, nine. And, and, and I think like, I had to hustle and <laughs> started the business. If he was alive, he would tell you, he would repeat the exact same story a hundred times. It would never change. I, I was like eight or nine. And he's like, okay, I'll call homeowners in the morning. I'll get you, you know, a thousand dollars in insurance. So you have the peace of mind in case anything happened. I'm literally in my pajamas at 14, sitting on the rug in front of the old white and black couch that they used to have. I remember like yesterday and I'm tugging on his sweatpants and I look up like a daddy, no, eight or 9,000. And he's <laughs> like, how the heck do you have eight or 9,000 hours with the baseball cards? I'm like, well, my friends always wanted the newer players. They wanted the Dom Mattingly, the Wade Boggs, the Daryl Strawberry, the Dwight Good, and the Roger Clemens. And I decided I wanted these old stinky looking cards that had like Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle because they were worth a lot more money. And you had a screwed out uh, case on yeah. that, right? Back then those? there was no such thing as grading. They were all in the heavy mm. screw down containers. Yep. And, and Beckett was everything, yeah, right? That, 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 well, it was current card price guide before Beckett. There was a company okay, called CCP and it was a newspaper that was like the Wall Street Journal, and it was, it was, it was sent, uh, not a newspaper, it was like a newspaper type of magazine, and it would come uh, once a week, and I would get it like um, expressed to me because I was able to follow the trends of what cards were going up and what cards were going down. And then Beckett came out about a year later. And I used to love Beckett. Oh, yeah. I, every Beckett. I was trying yeah. to get that Fleer Jordan card. I, fi yeah. I finally did get it, but yeah. man, I, I must have had it went to, because I didn't know if they were fake. You know, I remember at yep. the period of time, the Fleer one, yeah. where it was jumping and the upper yep. deck one. The rookie. Well, now what you if you have like a card, right, you've, do you send it out to be graded? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, PSA. We, we do a lot with PSA. I got back in as a collector about two and a half years ago and an investor. And, you know, typically PSA is like the holy grail of authenticating cards and grading it. Then you have Beckett. Um, PSA's been thing. around forever. Yeah. And they grade all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that just everything and anything. It could, it could, it could be, you know, game-worn jersey or and any it, sort of autograph. And then, like, when you send it out, right? So if I send out an autograph or not even an autograph, a card maybe to be graded, how do you know, like, I guess what I'm trying to get How at do you is, know it's yours that you're getting back? Correct. Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, you upgrade it and you, you upload it into their system and you submit it. I mean, 
they're a huge organization. There's there's nothing yeah. going on there. I would just be afraid yeah. to get lost in the mail yeah. or something. That, that's, that's what you would worry about, oh, not them, because yeah. they're not worried about your measly whatever. The, the, big, going... the biggest problem is the turnaround time. They're so backlogged yeah. over a million cards because the market exploded that it, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in that business full time anymore because, you know, your, your cash flow gets tied up. You're literally sitting on, sitting on tens or hundreds up, of yeah. thousands of inventory and you're at their mercy. And a year and a half ago, two years ago, was a blessing that they were holding it because everything was going through the roof. Now, the longer they hold it, it, it it's depreciating by the time you it's get back. It's the complete back. opposite the way complete we grew up. complete opposite with the way the economy Because I would go to my dad and be like, hey, I looked in Beckett. It just went up 200. He's like, yeah. you moron, just wait. You know, I was Italian, so he was he just cursed a lot. You know? I'd be like, no, you wait, you wait, because that's how it was back. That was fun, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you get it, like, okay, you, say you go to a game, right? Your kid has a ball, and he gets a ball autographed by Joe Namath or whoever autographs a ball. Can you send that ball then? How does that work? Yeah, you could send it basically called like exemplars. So what their forensic experts have are their own exemplars in a library to study multiple variations of signatures. That's interesting. Of, uh, they're all forensic document experts. And they awesome. match it up with different exemplars. Like Joe Namath might have an on-the-run signature through the airport. Um, he ah. could have something when he's at a restaurant. He's got something at a private hey, signing where he's taking his time. That's Imagine interesting. This. Imagine this. You go, you're a forensic scientist or whatever. You're dealing with all these dead bodies. And all of a sudden, you could do cards. Yeah. You could look at, you know, start, you know, and yeah. do forensics on the cards. But that's interesting because yeah. they do. I'm, I'm done with the morgue. Yeah. I, I do always wonder that because I know, like, certain guys have, like, right, their cliche, however they do it. But, yeah, you, you're saying you get them at the airport and they're just like, okay, kid, here you go, or that. It's, it's, it's it might be bad, a little it's different. I see it with my guys all the time and my girls that I represent. I mean, there's always multiple variations where, you know, you can literally take Chevy Chase at a private signing. You can get him when he's walking into a restaurant. Yeah. And then you can get him when he's sitting on an airplane and it's kind of like the and they all could look variously different but they're legitimately signed by him that's interesting and then by 16 you had made 200 grand right my my, my, 1986 i've reported about 200,000 200,000 at 16 that's what's up now how does one do that (laughs) how do you do that because you you have a thousand dollars so how does darren prince take that in two years not even the age even if you were 38 yeah (laughs) How do you go from in two years to two hundred grand like that? How do you meet the connections? How do you do it? What was it that sticks out to you that so, you separated? That so the first month when I was doing card show after card show, and I was making, I made a grand on that first Sunday. Then I made a couple grand, couple grand, couple grand, and my dad saw me make about ten thousand that month. Uh, my uncle Joe, may he rest in peace. He passed when I was Sorry, probably yeah. twenty-one. He was a stockbroker, and he was my dad's best friend. And he came over one day to the house on Dueling and Livingston, and we're in the driveway. And he's like, "Your dad and I have an idea." Because it seems like you're able to like buy things, flip it, and make a bunch of money. He goes, "Do you know what an investor is?" And I was like, "No, not really." He goes, "I manage a lot of people's money, and they're always looking for things that are like known as alternative investments." You know, short-term loan, give them a little bit of a return. Probably back then, looking back at it, it was a little bit of usury because you're only allowed to pay a certain amount. But it was basically four guys that told my dad and my uncle they would give me five grand a piece, and they just wanted to know what I would pay them back within sixty days. So I go to my dad. I said, "Oh, I could probably, I can probably give him five grand." My dad's like, "Think you could turn the money a couple times and double your money?" I'm like, "Heck yeah!" And so you now I'm a freaking fourteen-year-old kid going to the shows, and you know buying and flipping deals i got wads of cash in my pocket and they were paid back within three weeks because i i'm like i didn't want it over my head that i owed the money um 
probably made another ten, twelve thousand on top of it, and you know that was it. You know there were there was some money that my dad lent me from my bar mitzvah account to buy a collection uh, that he said my mom would kill us if I didn't pay it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, pay, I paid that back. I bet you did because um, she probably would have. So <laughs> you know, but you know, I, in a in a way, like you know, I was I was blessed to you know have them at that time. I never looked at it as hey, did I did I get help? Did I yeah, you know, it was self made, whatever. I mean, I still thought of myself as a visionary because I still had the collection I had that was able to make me go out and, you know, even scale that business and take that cash flow. Darren, you, you did it yourself. You yeah. got eight, nine at 14. Um, not, not grand. Um, you um, got eight or 900. Yeah. And then you, you took it the rest of the yep. way. And the investors came when they saw after what you could do That's what or what you did with the, the yep. grand. Yep. You know? Yep. What, so. was, what was your first, what was like your biggest? card you had first that you remember you love so i was 14 years old uh hopefully he's not listening it was this guy mike <laughs> schwartz that i went to high school with <laughs> and i got my first big piece done on the local newspaper uh for my company baseball card city before it was printed cards and uh everybody was starting to talk about me now in high school like the dumb slow kid i wasn't going <laughs> gonna go anywhere short of getting this recognition for selling these stupid baseball cards he pulls me aside in the hallway because look my grandfather passed away um we've got these old cards we think they're from like the 1910s if Antennas you have any interest. Go up. Oh, yeah. yeah so now i already knew that the hornus wagner card was from that Hornus same Wagner's. series the night uh 1909 uh uh, series and they were called cigarette cards. They could yeah. be tobacco packs and yeah. most famous card of all time is the Hodnus Wagner. There was only about forty got in existence because he was an anti smoker and didn't want kids buying his card. Oh. So this was the oh. same series. And he comes over with his dad. I, I remember the number like yesterday, we literally counted them up there was eighteen hundred cards and I needed nine grand to buy the collection, five bucks a piece. And uh that's when my dad had to lend me four thousand because I had five, I didn't have the rest. And and that that's literally launched the company. I was selling these cards for 25 to $50 a piece for the next year, and then I pulled out, I had a bunch of Ty Cobbs that were in there, and oh, some wow. super rare ones that were going Man. for 1,000. I mean, that, that collection probably during the course of two years made me about 100 grand. Man, in my day, when somebody had a Ty Cobbs, there would be oh, a fuck. line to look at it through a glass case. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was crazy yeah. back then, you know? Yep. Then you go into the autographs. Yeah. At 20? 20, 20 was the autograph signings. Yeah. Yep. So now you build up so big with the cards, you get into the autographs. Now, how? who was your first big autograph that you had gotten? Uh, um, that I collected or signing that I did? That you had cool. signed for you, that you sold or collected. The first big one that put you on the map. Um. It probably was the first guy I dealt with, probably Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, wow. that, that's a good first one. And, 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 and I knew through a mutual friend, uh, his agent that I met, and then I think it was around 90, 91 or 92, I contacted Harlan Warner, and um, I said, hey, I said, I kind of just got out of the card business. I'd love to do a signing with him. Can you tell me how it works? And he was super cool. He's one of my closest friends to this day and mentor. He opened up a million doors for me, and held my hand through it and I think we paid Ollie maybe 20 grand for 500 autographs, it was 40 bucks a piece. It was an amazing day with him up in Boston um, in a private hotel suite, but three or four of my buddies with me and uh, within two months we sold out of everything. And during that era, we did more shinings with Ali than anybody and Harlem was the one that called me up one day and said, you need to, you need to get with Joe Frazier because I don't think you realize, you know, 
these two don't speak. And if you could develop a relationship with Joe being on the East Coast and him in Philly mm-hmm. and me already, me already working with the Ali's for 10 years, I think there's something really special someday we could do with these two guys. Well, and that did happen, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Amazing, man. So now for people watching that are building a business, what are some things that you did? Because then in 95, you started Prince Marketing Group, yeah. right? Yeah. So what are some things that you did from, you know, when you take you at 16, you make that 200 grand. And then take you at, in 1995, obviously you're more mature. Yeah. But what did you learn throughout that time period? Maybe failures, things you did wrong, even though you made it to Muhammad Ali. I mean, I don't know what I could say you did wrong, but let's just pretend that there were some things you thought you could have done better. Yeah. Or the things that you'd done so right that got you to that point. Because to even get a reply from Muhammad Ali, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're selling cards, you know, your dad knows people, but you're talking about Muhammad Ali here, buddy, you know? So what are some things that I think anybody could apply to any business that you had done that you were able to network so well with these celebrities and they took a liking to you? I think that's kind of what the new book, Mission Matters, is about. They they interviewed about 12 entrepreneurs and I wrote a couple chapters on relationship building. I mean, that's really all it was. And and I made plenty of mistakes. Just so you know, anybody listening, if you read Amy High, uh, I was on the bridge of... uh, verge of bankruptcy in, in the mid-1990s. I made a huge mistake selling autographs. I uh, Unknowingly, uh, there was a huge investigation for selling fraudulent Michael Jordan autographs, and to keep my reputation afloat, I sent out refund letters, got investigated by the FBI, got in some trouble with mm-hmm. the FBI, and uh, was just on the balls of my ass, and I, I said to my dad, I had a vision at that point, I wanted to become an agent, but I don't have eight years to go to law school, and we were fishing in Alaska. He dropped his fishing pole and said to me, we well, need law school. Don't you know life is about who you know, <laughs> not what you know? That was probably and the, the biggest And he's like, you work with Joe Montana yeah. for Shinings and Magic and Muhammad and Joe and Pamela Anderson and Chevy. He goes, why don't you speak to Magic? He built up quite a relationship with them in trust. He knows he made a mistake. He's made mistakes. Everybody has. And, uh, you know, Magic took me under his wing at that point and believed that Prince Mark and a group would work. Again, we're talking about Magic Johnson, mm. but what's the cocktail that you have? That- I, ca- I, I Honestly, I care. You care? She hears me on the phone all the time. I mean, it was 30 minutes today on the phone with Charlie Sheen. And uh, it, it, it's just, I can't help it. It's uh, There's not a call that doesn't end with any of my longtime clients, whether it's Carmen Elector, Denise Richards, or Chevy, or you know, Magic, or Jerry West. It's it's uh, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Literally every call ends with, I love you. Hmm. I mean, it, it's 99% of my calls now are literally about life the business part is easy the business part was easy even back then but like but building I, up- I i i i care like you know i try to find out like my dad told me find out about their birthday their special interests their families where they're from yeah. um things they like things they don't like i actually take an interest in every single one of their lives uh and i think you don't need to be a 52-year-old Darren Prince to understand that. You know, I talk about that so much in Mission Matters that that's everything. Like, don't just schedule or reach out to somebody for a breakfast or meet at Starbucks or a lunch because you want business. You know, get to know them on a personal level. That's everything. The business will come after. Everybody's so focused on the bottom line. Not That ain't going to work. So That's some of these work. celebs that you deal with, when you first contacted them, there was no talk about, you know, being a manager of them, helping them do gigs. It was more, hey, kindness. Hey, how are you? I'm not here to ask for anything. I'm Darren Prince. 
like things like that. That so so what I was able to do through the private autograph signings, I was able to bond with them and get time because anybody could sit there and sign autographs. Anybody could put signings together. But I would bring my mom and dad. Oh, I would bring my oh, grandmother. I would, yeah, you know, my dad would always remind me, find out what, what Chevy likes. Chevy was a huge fan of uh, Carnegie Deli, so he'd always make sure he'd get, like, the big pastrami sandwich whatever he wanted because that, that, was, that was the game changer. And I didn't do it because I was trying to build a business relationship. I did it because I wanted them to see me in a different life, that I wasn't always this guy that was calling because it was about money, money, God, money, money. Because yeah, anybody right. can make the money back then and to this day. I, That's I, great advice. So, you know, get to know the person and then do something of shock value. Even yep. if it's, uh, I know you like Fiji, so I have Fiji for you. Just yep. little shock value over and over. Yep. And that's that. That's one of the pieces of the cocktail that got you. That, I, that, that, that's the key piece. And, sure. and, and, and I think through that, you know, we might have came together uh, at some point because of business. But, but you know, a real Initially, true no. loving friendship family bond that I can call most of them before my own mother and sister and, and get sound advice. I mean, Charlie, I'm on the phone laughing our ass off today for 30 minutes. <laughs> yes, you know, and, and, and um, you know, that's just a beautiful thing. And they know I'm not somebody that's going on podcasts and speeches and talking. No, I take that stuff to the grave. They're human beings just like I am. No, definitely. And, um, you know, we talk about life and, and we break each other's balls and, mm. You know, it, it's just a beautiful thing to have that. And, and, and in a world where most of them have been screwed over so damn much, even by people that they've known for decades, you hear horror stories about some Sooner celebrities and some musicians. Idiot. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's horrible. And, you know, I'm always so diligent to, you know, to, just to be a voice and just to listen to them about life. And even if there's times I got something business, I'll just wait. It's not that important. Most of them have... Fi such financial security ain't even gonna freaking matter and, and it's a matter of me being patient and understanding that it's not the right time you know it's 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 it's, it's not important and the few times that i might have gone a little bit into business i've learned that you know it's it, timing's everything you, you know? know when to and when not to yeah right yeah now when you were coming up were you you know knocking on doors putting out pamphlets to grow it or you were just showing up and making deals well there, there was no um there's no internet. I know. I almost like said email. And I, 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 so yeah. it was Rob Report, DuPont Registry. Du wasted Rob a ton of money for my ego to be in there. I thought I thought <laughs> yeah. that was like spending only eight, ten grand a month. Oh, and was yeah. affluent. But you know, but, everybody but got I'll, DuPont. But, but, but I'll, I'll tell you when when Michael Jordan <laughs> when, when Michael Jordan had his first game back for the Wizards. I thought I arrived. I sat center court at Madison Square Garden with Smoke and Joe right next to me was David Falk. And his Michael's was Michael's longtime agent. He looked at me, he goes, Darren Prince. And I was like, how the hell is David Falk, the King Super Agent? Now I am because I see your ads in the Rob Report all the time. How's Magic doing, man? Because you're Joe's guy, right? I was like, there it is. That's awesome. It cost me a quarter of a million dollars in advertising <laughs> hey. to get recognized in props from David Falk. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it. And anyway. then we met years later and bonded when Dennis and I went to Michael's Hall of Fame induction. He's a he's a genius man. I mean, everybody knows you know Air Jordan. You know, he was the mastermind. He was behind the mastermind. It. I mean, you need Michael, obviously the king of yeah. all kings, but for David Falk to you know, come creator, up with what they yeah. did, he's yeah, yeah unbelievable yeah. guy. They, they were the they were the ultimate but dream team for guys like the, like the Beckett thing that, yeah. that's worth the 250 exactly you know exactly the week the guy yeah. and, and, but here i am now arrived <laughs> sitting center court with smoke and joe cool. you know at the garden and like, hey, uh, yeah and he's to my left and yeah it was pretty cool at the time 
Okay, so this is the new book here, right? Mission Matters, yep. World's Leading Entrepreneur. So this is volume seven, edition eight. What made you uh, choose Adam Torres? What, what, what is it about I, 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 him? Adam's office came to maybe like, uh, it must have been about six, seven months ago, and they said, "Look, we have more like of a t t uh, like a, a tutorial, educational type of book. It's not going to be nearly as much work as Aiming High." And I said, "Look, I've been teeter tottering about doing one of them. It was a lot of work." He says, <laughs> "We have we have an edition where we're targeting ten to twelve very successful entrepreneurs that could talk about not just their professional success, but you know struggles they've had personally along the way." And I go, "That that." That's perfect. I'm like, if I could stick with that, I'm like, I don't want to sit here and just give nuggets and tidbits and, you know, all my little secrets about business. I want to be able to educate, you know, young entrepreneurs, middle-aged entrepreneurs that are finally getting to where they need to be professionally, but to also understand, be very mindful of your mental health. Because when that money comes, money changes a lot of people. Let's take a look. Okay, Justin Bieber, yep. he got it so quick, yep. you know, what you know 10 12 years old he never had uh, a yeah. childhood yeah. you know uh lilo brancato a good friend of mine he's at the pool one day at 15 de niro comes up to him I two know. weeks later Just he's like shooting that. bronx tale yep that movie's done he's doing renaissance man yep. this is a just a kid yep. you know middle class if that yep. all of a sudden he's with denzel de niro boom 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 and yep. he you know, it was just too much, too quick. And then you got Britney Spears. Yep. She's another one, you know. Her... all the time. I was with Mike Tyson uh, five, six years ago in Orlando at a corporate event in his hotel suite when he was done and talked about knocking out Michael Spinks at 19, being king mm. of the world, the 200 million in the bank. And he goes, who gave me a goddamn handbook and I had to handle 200 million at 19 yeah. years old. Whoa. And, mm. uh, you know, Charlie and I were laughing today about his 1.9 million highest paid TV actor in history, 1.9 million a week. Yeah, and I was trying out, to man. compare it to my heyday in the mid 2000s where one of our corporate accounts we were making, you know, 250, 300,000 a month in continuous royalties. He, he's doing a half an hour, that, 20 minutes actually, yeah. getting 1.9. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was great in it though. Yeah, I yeah, mean, nobody yeah, could take his yeah. spot doing half a minute. Yep. But, but, you know, I, I look at money differently now. If I didn't take care of all the people, you know, she knows, like, I don't, I don't need a lot. Like, this is me. Like, I, I care more about, you know, I, I got to do whatever I got to take care of my mom, my sister, and my staff. They're younger. You know, they have goals and ambitions and dreams that they have. You know, she's young. Like, everybody around me, like, that's, that, that's what the important thing is to me, where the business has to always be the main focus so I can spread the love and, and, and pay it forward to, to everybody else. But I've always said it. If I lost the business and I lost the money, I wouldn't lose me. I already found me. I already had all this stuff. I know the stuff doesn't make you happy. You know, what, what money allows you to do is it allows you to, like Dave Melcher, my boy, says it allows you to shop. That makes people happy. Spend more, but it's still, but, yeah. it's still, but it's still tentative happiness. But yeah. most importantly, you know, money could buy happiness in the way that it allows other people to be happy. That's why it's so important to me. And, and I understand that's never going to change. There's certain people that, whether it's stuff whether it's a nice house, nice apartment, nice cars, vacations, all that stuff, of course that's important. You want to be able to, you know, enjoy the fruits of, of, of your labor, and then some people just need that time to check out. Um, but like I said, if it wasn't for her and everybody that worked for me, I'd be cool if I had an apartment. This, like, I, I don't need much anymore in my life. I do it all for other people at this point. That, that's, that's it. You know, in relation to brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain. 
giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji he water. Says, hey, Magic Johnson beat AIDS because he, he had money. HIV, sorry. So, thank you. Yep. Uh, because he has money. But do they realize when he got diagnosed with that? Yeah. There yeah. wasn't technology. No. You could have, like, you were just talking about money. Yep. You could have a trillion dollars. Look at Steve Jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have a trillion dollars. What are you going to do? Yep. There was nothing back then. Mm-hmm. So I hate when people say that, you know, when they speak about it. No, he was taking experimental cocktails just like anybody else. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and thank God, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago for about a half hour. He just got back from Europe and, you know, again, literally no business, bro, nothing. He, he's just, you know, he talked, we talked about my new book, my journey, uh, you know, where God's taking me on this and how he kind of embraced his, you know, HIV diagnosis and what he's done to inspire, motivate, and change lives with it, obviously on a much more massive scale than I'll ever do it, but it's still identifiable because we each kind of went through our own kind of hell and turned it around and embraced it and owned it to help other people. That's a beautiful thing. You would have to say both of you are miracles. Mm-hmm. Well, what year yep. did he get diagnosed? What year did the magic uh, get diagnosed? Uh, 91. 90, 91. Yeah. November 7, 1991. And wow. we're heading into 23. Yep. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. You're a miracle that you survived yep. all all the, the years of abusing and yep. still being successful. Yep. Now, like this book here, it's basically answering everything Everything I'm asking you yeah. that you did is basically in this book. That's Go to it. the next slide. Yep. And then uh, if we took it the look at the back cover, uh, it's right there. You know, it's all there. Yep. You want to read a little bit of that, Rob? Yep. It says, Darren Prince, international best-selling author of Aiming High, is a prominent sports and celebrity agent and global advocate for addiction slash mental health recovery. Through his agency, Prince Marketing Group, he represents icons Magic Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Jerry West, Oscar De La Hoya, Roy Jones Jr., Chevy Chase, Charlie Sheen, well, I'm getting long-winded, <laughs> Denise Richards, Carmen Electra, and many others, as well as the late smoking Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, and Evil Knievel. Um, as a leading authority in this space, Prince, his insights have been featured in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today, CNN, Fox & Friends, Quiz Cuomo, Tucker Carlson, Jay Shetty on purpose and Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, he's trying out there in PA, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's wearing on him a little bit, I think. Yeah. Politics is dirty. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) Tough, tough, tough game. Tough game. But if you want to know what Darren did throughout his entrepreneur and got to where he's at, all the questions I'm asking and digging out of him, they're all on paper, right? They're all there (laughs) and then some. (laughs) And then some. I just find it amazing because you were just saying, you know, I hear that a lot from. very successful people who have made it and have all this money. I, I, I think we've had a few guys in here that talk about that. Just that, you know, I had all the money. I had the Ferraris. I had the cars. Like, it was great, but that doesn't define my life. Like, that's just amazing to hear that. Because I hear, I hear that a lot. And it's just like one of those things like, you know, now when you, about it. It's like, when you go into speaking, mm-hmm. you know, and you go up there on that stage, how nervous are you? Not only nervous to come out, like when you first came out and you said, hey, look, you know, I, I have a real bad problem, whether they knew, didn't know, thought, maybe thought, whatever. Mm-hmm. How scared were you of losing your business? You know, I never or really being had judged. any doubt. It was more like people internally in my office. My mom was embarrassed at one point when I was coming out. And then after I wrote Aiming High and the first talk show I did was Chris Cuomo and then uh, Good Day uh, New York, she got a call within two days 
from a girlfriend that she went to high school with and said that God bless your son because my son just got out of his third rehab and he saw your son's interview, just bought his book, and I think he finally felt comfortable understanding that he's not the only one going through this, and um, he's gonna start going to me. Now all of a sudden, she becomes my biggest cheerleader. What's your favorite chapter in Aiming High? Mine changed. Oof. I mean, God, I mean, there's so many, you know, I think it's little nuggets that that, that Krista McGinnis put in there that were just, uh, you know, it gets me emotional talking about it. I, I think, um, you know, I mean, I love the intro with Ollie Fraser, but I love near the end where she talks about, um, I didn't need to go to college because, um, you know, I got a degree with honors at, Marty, at the Marty Prince University. Very cool. This is my favorite one. I changed. Yeah. If you want yeah. to change attitudes, start with a change in behavior. In other words, begin to act apart as well as you can of the person you would rather be, the person you most want to become. Gradually, the old fart, <laughs> mm. I added to that, fearful person will fade away. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's my new favorite one. Yep, yep. It changes the more you keep rereading it, right? Yeah. Yep. I know you're pressed for time, so we got like five minutes left. Yeah. So with the war on drugs, yeah. obviously this is an issue, and I would assume it has to run through your head like because they're not doing anything about it and this isn't a political thing it's just fact so when you open up the border as a businessman if you're in there you know the fentanyl's coming in through the border yep. you, you see the coyotes taking the illegal immigrants right to the end of mexico as yep. a businessman how would you fix that issue I, I mean, I, it's, it's honestly because it's so out of control right now. I still don't understand how so much is getting through the border. We talked about this earlier. Like, how are they lacing weed and some of these pills with fentanyl? It's, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you killing kids and different people? Like, if you have any half a brain as a businessman, you want to make sure it's not killing people, you know? I mean, Unless they just want to kill Americans. It, 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 it's just crazy to me. I mean, it's so scary because you and I wouldn't have been alive if we were around during this era, you know? I, um... You know, and the opiate crisis is just worse than ever. I um, you know, I, one thing I, I I didn't mention earlier is, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited that uh, I'm part of the commercial advisory board now for this company, Bridge Therapeutics, and um, they've got a groundbreaking, uh, I I would say let's call it Suboxone on steroid type of drug that's uh, in the midst of FDA approval that's going to oh, completely change the game oh. for people suffering with opioid withdrawal. Uh, pain, pain relief, and uh, I've been looking for something because, like, when I speak, we get back to what you put before. Like, there, there, there's, there's no more nerves anymore. Now speaking is about you know, just God comes into my life, and it's just an excitement that I know He's gonna say some words through my mouth that's gonna touch and save a life or two. I've always been asked, like, what happens when you get sober and you have real pain? What happens when you know it's harder to hear the expression? It's easy to get sober. It's hard to stay sober, you know. And you know, I was one that was addicted to Suboxone for a year and a half. I couldn't get off of it. Do you know of Subucade? Subutex. No, Subuclade. What's that? <clears throat> it's a shot. You take it. Okay. Uh, it lasts forty-five days. Okay. They, they put it right in your stomach. It's okay. like a bubble. You'll okay. get a bubble. It lasts forty-five days, and you can blow, take as as many opiates as you want. You won't and, feel anything. No, you, it's you're a just, blocker. Yeah, you're just wasting your money. Yeah. But you only need to take one shot a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it lasts 45 days. So okay. when they say 45 days is actually longer, but yep. you know, 
that's how long it stays. Yeah, no, they, they, what, 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 what I'm a part of is their commercial advisor where this is something. When I was on that Suboxone, it was the worst tasting crap in the world. It took 15, 20 minutes to hit into my system. This is something that literally hits the system in five in five to 10 seconds. And I'm just so excited there's something out there now as somebody that, that struggled and suffered in the hell of... Uh, you know, I know people have methadone, and they go to methadone that, clinics. That's the worst me, withdrawal. That's worse for me than because the... I, I looked at myself as a high-end, high-class junkie. Uh, I was able to just get Suboxone from the doctor, but it, all, it's all just you're doing a is less... having a less of a withdrawal from the Suboxone. Yeah, really, yeah. technically, if you ever want to get that methadone, is yeah. nasty shit. Nasty shit. How do you how do you get through though? So the hard part I always think is like, you know, I have a 15 year old. He's in high school now. You know, um, I'm sure he'll be, you know challenges and people trying to pass certain drugs and things like that how do you get to the youth and say you know don't do this like try to stay away from this stuff you know i try to tell them my story i'm just open and honest about it and a lot of times it does come up in the q a they're like well you know you were high and look at the business that you built i go hi look at the business that i built i got myself into financial problems i had multiple overdoses i wasn't paying attention to expenses taxes all these other things that happened how come all of my friends that i grew up with in the industry built conglomerates and sold their businesses for eight, nine figures. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I never got it to that point because I was so busy, whacked out of my mind. I had no exit strategy, <laughs> you know, so believe me, you know, it might look good on paper, but there was a lot of huge opportunities I missed because I cared more about the drugs than I cared more about the business. That's And that's what happens, right? Yep. Yeah, I always say you have to have, like, a, a, an example, and I mean this in the nicest way, someone like you that went through something. You know, it's like one thing for... Um, a teacher to get up there and say, "Don't do drugs. This is your no, brain on drugs. That doesn't help." Somebody, Correct. somebody, Correct. Me, I lived it, you know. And, and, and when I tell these kids, the biggest mistake I made was not speaking up. That if you feel different, if you have to put something in your system just to fit in, to be somebody or not, you're going down the exact same road that Darren Prince went down. And um, it's the only reason I'm so transparent right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care what it is. I mean, I'll freaking stand in front of Wembley Stadium and tell everybody don't be impressed by this you know it's what I do one day at a time I'm f I'm a fucking degenerate drug addict you know and I'll lie and bullshit to anyone <laughs> put something into my system when mm -hmm. I come back to that that vape I came out on that second day I looked at my girl Matilda that works for me she runs my company in California I said how do you look she goes look fine how you feeling I go I'm high as fuck right <laughs> she goes are you serious I go yeah I said, I'm a, I'm a liar, I'm a con artist. I go, you put something in my system, all bets are off. And, and, and that's coming from somebody that lives and breathes recovery. And that's experienced it from my hernia surgery at two years sober to what just happened to vape. And I got today. That's all I got. That's all we got is today. You know, I don't care if somebody's got 30 years. I've got more out of meetings from somebody counting days sometimes than somebody with 30 years. We all got the moment sure. right now. In life, whether you're in and out of recovery, you struggle with opiates or, or nothing everybody's got the moment of right now you the, know? Th the thing that i think is so hard for people and i've had when i had an engineering firm you know i had a lot of contractors yeah. and they would hurt their back they would get on the oxys mm -hmm. and then you know I, i'm sure you've seen it, like at the oxy express down here in florida yep you would go to the doctor unlimited amount of, of oxys where it all started right next door was the pharmacy that had the, the pills yeah. no database yeah. then you go to the next the next pay them cash pay them truck cash. drivers be driving in from kentucky kentucky and... right up the yeah. line and yeah. then you would go back and back and back again yeah. uh pull up on tab seven yep. and florida was prescribing 10 
times more than the entire country combined opiates. So you take all the other states and combine all the prescriptions for opiates. Mm. Florida alone was 10 times more than the rest of the country combined. Look right here, Darren. Doctors in Florida prescribe 10 times more oxycodone pills mm. than every other state in the country combined. People come from all over Southeast, blah, 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 blah. But Pfizer, or whichever one it was in this case, they come out and they go for five, 10 years and they say it's not addictive. Mm -hmm. And they tell the doctors, just give a higher dose. It's not addictive. Here's the case studies. Yeah. But their own people are doing the case studies. Then what happens, Darren? Pfizer goes into court. Yeah. They just killed and had however many people addicted. Yeah. You have your specialist, boom, boom. They find them a hundred billion. What do they care about a hundred billion? Exactly. And they walk away and they make the arthritis one. And then yep. that kills people. Yep. So, you know, for you and you're trying to go around and speak to people and tell your story, and then you got big pharma, yep. that's a battle. Exactly. You got the in a sense the government's counting your battle. Is weed legal or is it not? Yep. Maybe you should start looking if they're putting fentanyl. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the weed thing I've always been a part of it. It was never my thing. I used to smoke probably a handful of times in my early twenties. I, I, I think to me, to be honest, if you can get off the ADD medication, the Riddle and yeah. the Adderall, if you can get off the anxiety meds, the antidepressants, Hell the bipolar yeah. medications, yep. the Ambien, which I used to sniff at night, like, and you can smoke weed. I don't remember the last time I heard of somebody freaking killing people driving high on Correct. weed. No. You know what I'm saying? And I know I've caused quite a bit of shit with moms when I speak to, like, parents, but it's the truth. Like, they don't want to hear the truth. I went so back bad. to my high school and spoke, and there was a lot of moms that got pissed off during the Q&A about it. They go, I think it's reckless. Like, I know it's more reckless giving your child Ritalin and Adderall at 14, 15 you're years right. old yeah, because you're, you're right. giving them a friggin', uh, you're giving them a speed is what you're doing. That's, okay? Yeah, yeah just a, 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 a And if there's, you know, something else they can do during those developmental years instead of giving them something that's going to get them jacked up and rewiring their entire being, this is a better option. And I'm not trying to be a promoter, but at least it's from a plant. Exactly. Right? It's not some man-made, yep. who knows, cartel, whatever, you know, yep. it, it may be. Yep. And when I saw that, that, I mean, they clean. Trump put in those. Uh, well, he made a hell of a business move. So he put in the card readers. Yeah. Do you know about that move? Mm -mm. Yeah. So what a fucking move, yeah. right? Yeah. So he did put in the database, but he made every pharmacy buy the exact same ID reader. Oh. So throughout the country, hey, you can't hate on him. Yeah. You can't hate on him. He yep. cleaned it up, put the data yep. in, and he made a yep. hell of a deal with the yep. biggest bidder. Yep. <laughs> now it's a businessman, right? Yep. You yep. nail two birds with one stone. I know people probably yeah. you know, may not like that, but yep. but what else was he had to do it? And he's a businessman, so what the hell do you expect? That's it. You know. Yep. So I know you. I know you got to get going. What do you have up? What do you got to run to now this time? Uh, we're, we're, we're going, going to Jamaica, and yeah. then I, I got to fly back <laughs> Thursday. I've got a like I said a busy weekend. I got some stuff with Charlie Sheen, Jerry West, uh, Chevy, and then we have Hulk next week. I'm um, gonna probably meet up with my. My boy Joe, who owns Banning Treatment Center. You know, I do have my own toll-free call number for anybody struggling, by the way, which is 888-6-DARREN, D-A-R-R-E-N. We try to scholarship people. You know, I got my foundation. I'm hoping you're coming to my event on October 7th yeah. at Trump Dural. Of course. Uh, you know, all the proceeds go to get people in treatment, and you know, that's what makes me happy. That's it. That's what makes me me. That's what gave me, you know, um, the self-esteem that I was looking for my whole life by doing esteemable acts as often as possible. Well, and you've done it. You've done it all. Yeah. But you didn't answer one last question. Yeah. Or maybe two. Do you think those things are drones or UFOs? 
And if they're drones, do you think that there are military drones or do you think they're UFOs? I'm going to go with the UFOs. Are you? Yeah. Why do you think they're UFOs? I don't know. I just kind of I believe in that. I think, uh, you know, I I've, I've have my own situations where, uh, you know, first off, we all believe in spiritual awakenings. There's been some sure. crazy effed up stuff that's happened to us, and I truly believe that it's out there. Um, what, what's the other one? Sasquatch, like you see all oh, yeah. these. I've always believed in that stuff. To me, deja vu says it all. Yeah. Yep. You know, because how could you possibly be somewhere that you're not? Yep. <laughs> how could you? Yep. But you know you're there. You know there's no. Yep. You even know where the pizza shop is. Exactly. But you never were there. You've been never there. Yep. Something's going on. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love so what that. can we see from uh, Prince Marketing Group? Though, what, are you doing anything more with uh, that? Or um, just keep we have, a, we have a big campaign with Raising Cane's Chicken that's launching mid-November with Chevy Chase. He's going to be in a big commercial that's spot so cool. oh, that's for them, which is which is all. It's, 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 got, it's cool. got a really cool theme. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's uh, a little bit. What's he doing? He's basically in a commercial for Raising Cane's <laughs> Chicken. Great. Uh, so, so people, you know, that's, that's so great, uh, hopefully though. by the time you air this, it doesn't crisscross, but people will be looking forward to it. He still has such a fan base. It's amazing. Uh, and, um, yeah. you know, Dominique Wilkins, we have a big partnership being announced with a, you know, pretty well-known restaurant chain. Carmen Electra's got the same opportunity. That's probably going to be announced in early November. I can't really say much more about it, but at least you heard me tease it here first. And there's just always great stuff, you know. Can, uh, can't complain on the think business. Tyson will fight anybody again? I hope he does. I've seen him hit that bag at 85, 90 I, I, pounds <laughs> after 10 rounds man, of sparring. I badass know. dude, man. Did you watch the Canelo fight? We did. It was terrible. Terrible fight. Terrible. I didn't know his hand was We bad. went. We went to the uh, Fury Wilder fight. We went uh, to the last uh, October. And I was like, I really thought this was going to be somewhat of the same. And before we booked this trip because we flew out on Sunday I was actually thinking at one point no maybe we stop in Vegas I'm so glad what a snooze fest I don't understand well, his hand was... he didn't even want to be there no. and, he didn't and want to be there he didn't come alive until the fifth round yeah and, and she got spoiled her first major championship fight was Fury Wilder 3 oh, that's a good oh, one no. yeah, yeah, you ain't one. getting better than that <laughs> yeah, she was a little sad she one. was cheering for Wilder <laughs> but I said you're not going to get better than that That, and I've been to some of the greatest championship fights Oscar De La is a client like I've been to all his and went to so many Tyson fights I went to both Holyfield Tyson fights I was there for the bite fight sitting ringside yeah yeah, um, we had Bobby that, Chesa. That, 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 that Fury Wilder replay was, was, yeah. was pretty incredible. Now, let me ask you this. If Tyson trained like he, he was, yeah. you know, when he was going 10 rounds sparring and then going to the, the pound bag, I watched the whole thing, and he hit it yeah. not one time, multiple times at 85, 90 pounds after sparring <laughs> 10 rounds, and he's not just playing around for 10 rounds and yep. the sparring, I highly doubt. Yeah. Do you think he could take uh, Canelo? I think he could. Hey, look, man, it just takes one shot. All yeah. it is is one. You know, it just takes one shot. I mean, yes, yeah, speed is one thing, but when you got that type of power and you could still move like him. The only know. chance. And look, I I'm think... a big fan of the Paul brothers. I love what oh, they're yeah. doing, but I, I, I still think it's a bad move. Is he crazy? For Jake to get is in the ring he with crazy? You, he doesn't make a lot of he money. Though. Understand? You take all. All it takes is one shot. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of money. Sleep, low. You know, he's crazy. But I, but I, but I love what those guys are doing. Yeah, it's I'm great. Boy Bear is very close with them. I spoke to them on the phone a couple of years ago. They wanted to do some collaborations with. More power to them, man. They're they're they're, they're inspiring a lot of people and. They have that don't give a shit attitude, and they're making a ton of money. 
money and I think they're bringing a huge huge following that was never normally there into a sport that needs it so if he, want, if he wants his brain to work I won't fight uh, Tyson yeah you know Canelo yeah, no, is a little bit different that, he might better wear him strategic. out I think Anderson Silva is a good one that Jake Jake has coming up because he's still one of the greatest UFC champions of all time. He's been a proven boxer, so that'll be interesting. But they're smart. There's there some good coming up. Yeah. How much would it cost you to fight Tyson? How much uh, would you uh, want? How, how uh, much? Uh, how much? Uh, a billion? Five hundred million. Probably, it probably have to be five million. Oh. But but I would have to I would have to make it I would have to make it through a round. That's the other problem. Run around. Just run around. How the heck do I train? Run around. To last around. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Just you know. Run. Just run. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, run, hit the ropes. I don't know. Slip then it ain't worth paying me and, five million unless I can at least yeah, uh, okay, you know, so, throw so, some hands for a little bit, right? Well, yeah, you throw some hands and then he's going to throw a hand and you're going to go down. So how much How much to take a right in a real ring, oh. a real fight? How much would it take for you? Is me, he going to crack my veneers? I'm going to need veneers, so that's going to be another 30000 right? Yeah, yeah they're thirty four. <laughs> I, I, I just had to get one fixed there. Uh, yeah, I would say they're well, probably going to be all. If it's light out, I mean, if it's lights out, I, I got to believe you and I are down for a couple million, right? <laughs> I want to wake up just in case of the brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's no brain damage. Yeah, be, yeah. I mean, one from him, yeah. me and you, we're, we're yeah. in trouble. My boy Vo, who's close <laughs> with Mike, always says, like, man, if Mike just, and he used to be uh, an MMA fighter, he goes, man, I'd be honored if Mike just caught me with a right and lit me up and boom, put me to sleep just to say the champ. Caught me with one. If I could remember it and I yeah. could still function, <laughs> yeah, maybe you know. I got the. I, I know we're going to the last question. God, yep. we, I think we asked you this the last time. Maybe we didn't. The goat in the NFL. Who is the goat? Before I say that, did you see the pass last week by Brady? They compared 2006 yeah. to 2022, and it was I the same see, pass. I just want to see his answer. That dummy missed that catch. Uh, he should have uh, caught uh, it. I just want to uh, see uh, his answer. I'm, I'm biased because Joe Montana has been my guy. I've worked hey. with him on and off for 25 years. Yes. I think you look at four there. Super Bowls, 11 yes. touchdowns, zero interceptions. Thank you. I'm your guy. Thank Remember? You. Remember? Thank you. Where Brady still needed, you know, Vinatieri a few years to win it. Lie to um, me. I'm your needed, guy. Uh, AJ, AJ, he, you just signed to him. Who was it? Close. Who was it who picked it up for Russell Wilson in the end zone? Yep. Uh, yeah. Malcolm Butler. Yeah, so. But again, I mean, it, it, you go back and forth. His numbers are ridiculous. He's defying yeah. logic with his age. But I'm always a Joe guy. Love and, it. Uh, That's all I need to hear. You know, who wins this year? Who wins the Super Bowl? I'm a diehard Charger fan. So Justin Aper has to get ready because they got all the talent. Got to. They got all the talent. They got to that win line. It. My this birds, year. baby, go birds. You know, so you keep drinking. And, and then her mother's a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, they so look good. I think they look I good. Think they're going to be scary, dangerous. They look good. They got a hell um, of a I defense. definitely don't want the Chargers going there for the AFC yeah, Championship not that game cold weather. in the winter in Buffalo because we're not going to have a shot. So we got to win the division this year. Justin Aber has to get back on track. Buffalo has a defense. They look good. Buffalo should have ran it last year. They yeah. had every opportunity to watch that game. I was. I knew with 13 seconds left, you can't. You can't. And Callen, uh Mahomes out. No, even, uh, even on the touchback, and he, you know, two passes, boom, found Kelchi. And I think if Gronk comes back, yeah. you know, he likes to do his midseason thing. I know. I think then they'll win, and then I think Brady will retire because I don't think yeah. his wife's too happy that he came back. Yeah, a Tampa Bay Buffalo could be pretty interesting, but Tampa's got a lot of hurt people. Yeah, and if yep. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they I think pre- Buffalo lost a couple last night. Her mom is saying, right? Any oh, any, I, any starters or did you watch it? Uh, that no, one boy, yeah, one guy it. hurt his neck real bad last night. I, uh, I can't remember, but he got carted off. He snapped his neck uh, back real bad. And uh, Dallas is done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, terrible. They're yes. talking about going after uh, Ben's Rothensberger, uh, yeah. uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, 
Yeah, they're I done. think they're they're done. They're done. Broken thumb, huh? I well, I made it back. You made it back, and I appreciate it. See on October seventh at my event. Absolutely, All I'll right. be there. Thank All you, Darren. Right. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.